Welcome to the Script Bits podcast for Tuesday, 19 April 2022. Our bit today comes from Isaiah 33, verse 22, which says, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Oh, what a sad ending to a beautiful Easter Monday in my area yesterday, rain in the afternoon, and then wet snow in the early evening. I had a nap while it was raining, and on getting up, I looked outside, and as the Bajans would say, blow me down. Was I ever surprised to see the whole place covered in white, and the wet white stuff still coming down hard? It must have messed up the evening commute. But thankfully, the road seemed clean now, although the lime is still covered in white. But that's Mother Nature for you now in these days of climate change. Anyway, today's a new day, Easter Tuesday, and everything's set for the big do on that day. And that's goat racing in Boku, in Sweet Tobago. Yes, my people. I hope you have your dandan, that's your pretty clothes, ready to go down to that stadium in Boku, built mainly to hold goat racing. And you better get there early if you want to get a seat, because they are coming from all over to check out this spectacular event held only in Tobago. And was I ever surprised a few years ago when I went down there and saw the stadium? Oh, it's it's nice and all that, you know, but I don't think it can ever capture the atmosphere of the old goat races held further up the road on a strip of land between some houses where everybody gathered around the track in a more intimate setting. And in those days, I believe they also had crab races. But the best part of the day was the parties they had in the houses surrounding the track. Yes, I remember one particular year in my teens, my buddies and I getting totally inebriated and a friend's sister and I partying up the place. <laughs> you remember that one, Harry, my brother? Possibly not, since he might have been into the waters even more than me. And I guess you'd call those the good old days. And they were, because our society was not as evil, ungodly, and stressful as it is now. Today it's all about greed, selfishness, money, power, and sinful pleasures, with God and his things of no real account. But for the comparative handful of us who still hold Almighty God as El Numero Uno, that's number one, who have unequivocally placed our hope and trust in him, there's good reason to be joyful. Why? Because the scriptures, the immovable, unchanging, everlasting, true word of God tells us so. Listen to these words of the prophet Isaiah, spoken to the people of Israel ages ago, where he says, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he 
will save us. Oh, oh. Wow, my brethren, what a mighty God we serve if he's truthfully all those amazing things to us. And if you don't believe me, then let's check out some scriptures which ought to make you believe. As for the Lord is our judge, listen to Peter preaching to the Gentiles, where he says, And he, that's Jesus, commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick, that's the living and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission, that's forgiveness of sins. And you can find that in Acts 10, 42 to 43. And there you have two of the promised things where the Lord is judge and savior. Meanwhile, Brother Paul said to the church at Rome, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why? Dost thou set at naught that's despise thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And that's taken from Romans 14 10 to 12. Now, as per verse 11 above there, we are familiar with it coming from Philippians 2, 10 to 11, about every knee bowing to God and every tongue confessing. But Isaiah declared it long before that in Isaiah 45, 23. And you know what? There's never any better source of information than right from the horse's mouth. So check out these words of Jesus to the hypocritical Jews of his time. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth or gives life to them, even so the Son quickeneth or gives life to whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. And that's taken from John 5. 21 to 22, and also verse 27. And that's straight from the horse's mouth, my friends. So you better believe it. And in there, you also have about being saved by the Son of Man that God sent to give us life eternal. Now, read God being our lawgiver. Listen again to Isaiah as he calls the faithful to courage. He says, Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed that's go forth from me, and I'll make my judgment or justice to rest for a light of the people. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. And that's taken from Isaiah 51, 4 to 7. Then James says on the subject, Speak not evil of one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, 
Thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? And that's taken from James 4, 11 to 12. So please remember that, my friends. There is only one lawgiver, Almighty God. And here now, how Brother David puts it in Psalm 37, the mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment or justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. And you can find that in Psalm 37, verses 30 to 31. And the scholars offer a marvelous explanation of the law of God, where they say the law of God is the extension of God's nature and expression of God's will in his creation. God's law is expressed in different forms, relating to different areas of his creation. The physical law of God includes the laws of nature, which govern the continuous physical existence of this world. And you can find references to that in Genesis 8.22 and Colossians 1.17. Meanwhile, the moral law, also called the perfect law of liberty by James in chapter 1.25, governs the material issues of life that Paul spoke to Tim, Timothy about in 2 Timothy 3.17. The social law of God affects interpersonal relationships and can be summarized by the law, royal law, which James speaks about in James 2.8. The spiritual law deals with a man's relationship with God. It is summarized in the first and great commandment, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, soul, mind, and body. Right? And you can find that in Matthew 23, 37. Meanwhile, for illustration, the scholar says, the purpose of the law is to reveal the sovereignty of God. The reference to Exodus 20, verse 2. To place a restraint on the sinner, 68, 7 to 8. To show the greatness and reality of sin, reference to Romans 3, 19 to 20. And to lead the sinner to Christ, reference in Galatians 3, 24. The purpose of the Lord did not change with the gospel. When the Judaizers in Galatia sought to teach their erroneous view of the law, they failed to realize that the law has never been able to save anyone. And as per the application of the law of God, they say, as Christians, we should be concerned to live decently and orderly, with the first reference being Genesis 2.17 and primary references found in Romans 7.7-14 7 and Exodus 3.13. <laughs> wow! That's a lot of scripture to reference. But that's the only way we can truly learn it, my people. So please, take some time and check out as many of them as you can. Uh, I assure you, it will lift your scriptural knowledge and increase your awareness of the law and love of our great God. And as per the saving part of our bit, 
We don't really need to talk about it because that's what we've been focused on and celebrating all weekend. The saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who so selfishly accomplished it through his crucifixion on Good Friday, then his triumphant resurrection on Easter Sunday. It's done, friends. Like Jesus said on the cross before he gave up the ghost, it is finished. Yes, it is finished. Salvation has finally come. Now it's up to us to accept or refuse it. And for those of us who have wisely and confidently accepted it, let's go home declaring, oh yeah, we spell declaring right today. Let's go home declaring our Tuesday mantra, letting the whole world know to whom we graciously belong lock, stock, and barrel. So, as one strong voice, in God's eyes, I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not what people say about me. I am the beloved of God. That's who I am. And no one can take that from me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to hurry. I can trust my friend Jesus and share his love with the world. Amen. And having made that boast, my people, it now behooves us to go out and share that awesome love and friendship of Christ with others so that they too can come to know and love him like we do. Much love. And the postscript for today says, Easter, the season of forgiveness, of redemption and salvation. Oh, Praise be the Lord, because that's what this Easter season is all about, friends, about Christ's death and resurrection so that we could have forgiveness of sin and salvation. So please, let's not take it lightly now. Let's be serious about it, because remember, in the long run, we'll all have to sit before the judgment seat of Christ and give account for ourselves. And he won't take, I don't know, for an answer. So please, let's wake up and get out there and start living seriously for Christ because that's what this life is all about. And we pray that in his holy name. Amen. Please have a blessed day, my people. Much love. 